0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Hi, welcome to Remote Controlled Varieties TV Podcast. I'm Deborah Birnbaum. Every week, we'll bring you conversations with some of the best and brightest in television, working behind and in front of the camera. On today's episode, we're talking with the Duplass brothers, Mark and Jay, about their new hit series, Room 104. Stay tuned. Hi.
2: Hello. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you?
1: Good. I'm Deborah Birnbaum, and it's my pleasure to welcome Jay Duplass and Mark Duplass to talk about Room 104.
0: Thank you. Hello. How are you
1: guys doing? Doing good. How are you? Good. So, start from the beginning. How'd you come up with the idea?
0: Well, we came up with the idea probably about 10 years ago, um, and we excitedly pitched it to our agents who told us that no one wants to buy anthology television shows, and they wouldn't support us pitching it. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, okay, we'll go do something else. <laughs> Thank um, you, agents. Yeah, exactly. And I think they were probably right. Um, and then, uh, you know... Our careers have changed a lot, and we've been producing a lot for young filmmakers, and and you know we mentor them, and their sort of like young, excitable spirit enlivens us, and it's been this rewarding process. And then we went and made Togetherness, which was just me and Jay killing ourselves, writing and directing every episode. It was rewarding, but we were telling a similar kind of story over and over again. And and all these things started to come together and make us feel like. We just want to try something different that sheds our skin a little bit, that is more intensely collaborative, that like works, you know, with like, I don't know, like representation of different types of actors, different types of people behind the camera. And, and we said, well, we should, we should really bring up Run One 104 again. And we went to HBO with this concept and, and we said, look, you know, we want to be really honest with you. This is going to be kind of a weird sell because Gonna be different stories, different characters every night. It's also gonna be different genres every night. Um it's gonna be a hard show for you guys to sell. Um, but we'll make it really cheaply and let's take a swing at it. And they said, sure, let's do it.
1: That's great. Um, how did it compare for you for the experience of having just you know come off of HBO with togetherness? Were you ready to go back to them with another idea?
0: We were, yeah. You know, we're in a we're in a marriage with those guys. You know, we have an overall deal there. Um and and HBO was like a little painful hiccup for all of us, you know. Jay and I got our egos bruised a little bit, but then we're maybe secretly a little bit relieved that we didn't have to do all that work. And and uh, you know, the post brothers and HBO went to therapy together, and now we're back together doing another show. So it's all good.
1: It all seems to have worked out. Talk about the idea of you know all the different genres. What kind of genres do you want to play in? We've seen it, you know, horror.
2: I mean you know, what, I, what, think, what Mark, else do you want to do? We're such big fans of movies in general, you know, and, and you know, we found that we are particularly good when Mark and I are making something in that sort of, you know, drama comedy realm. Um, but we are huge fans of everything and we've explored different genres uh with other filmmakers and things that we produce. Um I mean I think for this show what's interesting is exploring all possible genres and the fact that they would all fit in one hotel room, that they would be curated by Mark and me, but that the voices who tell these stories are different voices. They are people who come from all walks of life and, and brings a great amount of variety to this very narrow hotel room. I mean, that, that's really exciting to us and for us to be a part of it and to explore that with these people, for us to have the chance to learn from them as well. It's just um, a very freeing and open-ended, positive experience.
1: What does it mean to you to be able to bring all these new filmmakers in, how they responded to it?
0: What basically happens is, you know, like I wrote seven of the episodes, but we didn't direct any of them. So it was all about inviting a collaboration that was outside of Jay's and my little mini, you know, environment that we live in. Um, And, you know, it's hard to, I'm going to be reductive about it, but but essentially what happens is... um, we give these people an opportunity to direct an episode of TV, they haven't had that opportunity yet. They might be, you know, like someone like um Sarah Adina Smith, who's made these wonderful festival movies, but but really hasn't broken through yet in T V. And so she's incredibly excited and appreciative to get an opportunity to direct. And she prepares so hard and she brings all these great ideas and enthusiasm and, and different creative energy than we have. And so, in our opinion, the episode comes up a lot and, and, and becomes something more interesting and maybe even just empirically better than if we had directed it ourselves because we're also busy doing a lot of other things at this point. So, I've noticed. um, yeah, yeah, so, you know, whereas togetherness was like truly an arts and crafts project made from, from, uh, me and Jay's hands, you know, when you're looking at something like room 104, it's, it's more intensely collaborative and more representative of, the small movies that we've been producing for people and how we love that that element of collaboration.
1: It really speaks to where we are now in television, that there can be this kind of experimentation. It's fantastic.
2: Yeah, that's how we feel. I mean, you know, one of the things we talk about as as viewers of TV is, you know, we all have those people coming up to us constantly and saying, hey, man, have you seen this show? And you're like, no, I haven't seen I, what." I have a life. I can't see all the shows. You know, it's like a huge commitment to watch TV. Pressure. It's a lot of pressure. It really is. You feel like you're falling behind. You, you have to pick shows that you, that you want to commit to. Um, and some, you just have to let them go. I mean, we really like the idea that like, especially on a Friday or a Saturday night, um, sometimes you just have 23 minutes. We have kids. We work really hard. Sometimes we have 23 minutes to watch something. And the idea that, you know, if if you like what we've done in the past and you think we're cool filmmakers and you're willing to show up for a surprise and you have 23 minutes, that's fun. That's Mm -hmm. really fun and and different in this environment.
0: The only thing I would add to that is if you don't want to watch the front and the end credits, it's only 21 and a half. (laughs) (laughs) You saved us a whole minute and a half. I mean, that's cool too, you know?
1: What inspired you? What shows inspired you as you started to put this together? I've read a lot of comparisons to Twilight Zone. Was that something in your mind?
0: Not really, you know, and it's weird. Jay and I are weird with influences because we rarely creatively approach something of we should make something like this or it should feel like this or or even against it, you know. Um, The original impetus for the show is really just how obsessed we are with different kinds of people and how when we show up in motel rooms we see little dings on the walls and little stains on the carpet and we just can't help but wonder about the types of stories and the types of people who were in there before us um, we locked into room 104 as a form in that oh my god like every single person stays in a banal corporate chain motel so it allows us to tell any kind of story we want to you know this isn't a fancy hotel like Plaza Suite it isn't like the cheap, seedy hotel where only like hookers and blow stories happen. This is a regular hotel. Sometimes crazy stuff happens there, and sometimes just a very normal, sweet story about an old couple happens there, and and that's just really exciting to us. That like it was a justification to be genreless.
1: How back and forward will you go in time?
0: Uh, we 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 hop around a little bit in the first season, um, and we plan to continue doing that. And you know, we also. You know, we do a lot of weird stuff. There's a there's an episode that is um, entirely silent and pulled through modern dance, and we're going to do more things like that as the as the seasons come. You know, it's oftentimes when we talk to other TV creators, there's this dirty little secret where we're all like, I don't know how long our show is going to last. I'm starting to run out of steam, which already started to happen to us in season two of Togetherness. And this is the one show idea we've had where the more we talk about it, the more expansive it gets and, you know, our document starts to increase with more and more ideas.
1: Are people coming to you and pitching ideas for it themselves?
0: They are, mm-hmm. yeah. And, like, you know, it's fun because uh, they pitch something and they're like, oh, yeah, we already have something like that, but could you take this idea and switch it around and try that? And, and then we, we sometimes just show up to people and say, you know, We've written something for you. Would you like to do it? Or we show up to friends like Brian Fleck and Anna Bowden who made an episode called The Red Tent this season. And they're just filmmaker friends of ours we've loved for years and they don't need our help or our mentorship. They're better filmmakers than we are. So we're just like, here's a box. Here are your rules. You got three days to shoot an episode. I can't have any more than three characters in there. You can't leave the motel room. Go. And they made us this amazing episode. So it takes all forms.
1: So those are the only rules you give them, about you can't leave the room and it can only have three characters?
0: Yeah, and, and um, you get three days to shoot an episode. Um, so you've got to really define something that works well within that structure. And, you know, being creative within limits is something we're not strangers to as independent filmmakers. And and it tends to inspire things in you that, um, you know, you fight against them and you get creative.
1: What episode was there one that people came back to you with that surprised you the most?
0: In terms of pitching things yeah. to us? That's a good question. Um, the first season was a little more curated from our end. It was a lot of mostly ideas that we had or scripts that we had written um, but as we're starting to look at a potential season two and moving forward, um, we're definitely starting to open up to different kinds of kinds of ideas. Um, you know everybody's got everybody's got the porn episode and we're always like, well you know we're not sure we want to do that that's what you expect. We want to do the different episode you know.
1: It makes a lot of sense. And how receptive was HBO to all of this?
2: They're amazing. I mean, you know, one of the things that we were pitching them when we were talking about the show is like, look, we'll make the show cheap. And it only takes three days to shoot them so we can get, you know, famous people in them. And and, and they were really intrigued by the show, intrigued by, like you were talking about, the, the sort of like different, the way that the show is different in this current TV environment. And they specifically said, they're "Like, great, bring some famous people in, but also feel free to bring in people that aren't famous, like actors that you guys know that are really interesting, that can be discoveries, and are everyman type people." And and so you know, we've been incredibly supported by them, and that's been um, really motivating for us.
0: Yeah, there's this sort of like no risk approach because we make it so cheaply, but there's also a narrative no risk approach, which is like. You know, I understand if someone doesn't want to green light a $15 million movie with our friend Karin Sony as the lead actor, but at the same time, he's been doing all these like incredible bit parts and like Ghostbusters and, and, and all these movies, and he plays like the quirky Pakistani or Indian guy, but we know him as this fully fledged, emotionally beautiful human being, and we got to give him a lead role where he's like the only person on camera the whole episode, and that's so rewarding.
1: It, that was such a great episode because it was just so contained in, um, it's such a different perspective on it. Can you talk about the development of that one?
0: Yeah. Uh, there's an episode called the internet. It starts, uh, in it. um, and, um, it's loosely based on experience that I had with my mother, um, where I left, um, a very important document on, um, the family computer at, a, at their house when I was traveling through. But, um, uh she didn't know anything about computers so i called her to try to get her to email me the document and four hours later we almost <laughs> destroyed each other um and so we expanded that episode into something a little bit deeper but that was the seed
1: i was pretty sure you had bugged my phone and listened to conversations i have with my mother trying oh
2: yeah. to, get her to send an email it's so, amazing it's, it's really amazing stuff. how hard it is to tell someone how to click on something with a mouse just yeah. that alone is, is a 20-minute conversation yes and that
0: and that felt good to set that one in like, like 1996. Seven, right in that <laughs> weird cross-section of technology's growth.
1: It was perfect. We keep having this conversation about giving my mother an iPhone, and I'm like, we can't get her to send an email. I think the yeah, iPhone is the yeah, advanced exactly. course.
0: Bite-sized junks. Yes, you know.
1: absolutely. Do you guys envision yourselves appearing in any of the episodes?
0: So Jay's in an episode. I wrote an episode for him to star in in the first season. Um, that was really cool. We've never done that before. Um, so I got to kind of like Kayla make something for him. And
1: You're still talking to each other? No, yeah, yeah, <laughs>
0: we, we've been through a lot worse than that. Know, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're all good. Um, I haven't done anything yet, but I have some eyes on something that I might do in a season or two. I'm also kind of saving myself for, like, you know, the moment some actor falls out the day before we shoot, and I was like, oh, I'll just throw myself in there.
1: How do the two of you work together? How do you divide it up? Who does what?
2: I mean, it's constantly evolving. I mean, and it just really depends on the project. I mean, we... St- we started early on, just as like two cavemen, lockstep, just making stuff, and not really differentiating dif- differentiating anything. Just I'm
0: definitely afraid to leave each other's side, yeah, fear of it yeah. coming back. You know, cause we needed each
2: other desperately. I mean, now it's more in the realm of we have a company, and we believe in all the things that each of us are doing, and we sometimes are still lockstep in terms. You know, like with togetherness, we wrote and directed every episode together, but. Um, there are certain projects now where, you know, we're just doing our best to support each other and what we want to make and trying to help each other make it to the best of our abilities. Um, yeah.
0: We have something we call president and vice president mode, um, where we very clearly allow the other person, either on a given project or sometimes just on a given day, to kind of be more forward, be reckless and creative. And then the other person's back and kind of watching it objectively and seeing some mistakes that are made and, and offering some help and some advice. And that can be really fun, too. But then we'll be like, oh, I miss it when there's the two of us doing our thing together. And then we go do that. And we're like, all right, get away from me, I need some space. It's, it's you know, it never ends.
1: Well, you both have different um, acting projects you're both doing right now. I mean, do you, is it more satisfying you to produce or act or write or just all of the above?
0: They're all awesome, is the <laughs> truth. And we're really lucky to be able to do them all. I mean, from my, from my perspective, I'm tending to focus a little bit more on writing and, um, producing these days because my kids are five and nine and I'll, I like being home more. So I don't like being on set as much. And one of four is great because they're collaborations and you show up and things are looking really, really good. And, and these directors are solid. We can, we can leave and go and deal with our kids. You know, so that's what I'm liking.
2: Yeah. I guess for me, I'm, I'm still pretty new to acting, uh, you know, transparent the tv show is kind of like the first major thing i've ever done and um because it's new i think i'm just kind of chasing this down right now and it it is really nice to um there's a freedom to acting Uh, i know a lot of actors would disagree with that but you know you really just have to let it rip and let go of control and i think that's good for me as a person you know like i I mean, writing and directing and producing is, is wonderful, too. It's very fulfilling, but it's not necessarily fun all the time. It's, you know, you're really carrying the weight of the universe on your shoulders and um, enjoying being a l- little bit more free of that these days. What
1: about TV versus film? I know you've also got to deal with Netflix for film. So how do you what, – what appeals to you more? Or is it just being able to do everything?
0: We, we feel genuinely appreciative and lucky to, to be able to do both. Um, and for us they're not extremely dissimilar in the things that they creatively afford us we're both both of our deals are focused on making things really really cheaply that are kind of risky and and, and fun and and hopefully they blow up but if they don't eh. they'll be well reviewed and who cares you know that that's kind of the, that's kind of the methodology of everything we're doing right now um and uh you know TV's obviously been really exciting because it's just a little newer for us. You know, we've been making movies for for many, many years. Um, But, I mean, they're all, they're, we're just like, everybody's making way too much stuff right now. (laughs) All the money is going away and we're still here and they're still giving us money to make our stuff. So it's very much a no sudden (laughs) movements approach and we're just thankful.
2: We've also, I mean, if there's anything that's, that's emerged is like we've become, I think, pretty good at figuring out which ideas are TV ideas and which ideas are movie ideas. Yeah. And a lot of people, um, we weren't aware, uh, originally, like what makes a good TV idea, what makes an idea that, um, or at least a more traditional serial t- TV idea that can keep going for six years, um, but now that we have these two deals and we do think very specifically about what's going to thrive in a feature film realm and what's going to thrive in TV realm. It's, it's become, we've kind of become a little bit of experts in, dis, in deciphering what those ideas are. Um,
0: there's quite a few, I want to get into TV. So I'm just going to pitch my movie idea as if it were a TV show. <laughs> yeah, I've things, seen quite a few of those. There's a lot of that going yeah, on right yeah, now. And you see a lot of things yeah. like this doesn't sustain itself, you know? And it's, Tough, but it's a lot of that.
1: So what does make for a good TV idea?
0: Mm, good question. I mean, for, for the case of Room 104, um, I would honestly say it's not the smartest idea in the world to make a show that has new characters, new stories, and an unpredictable genre every night. Um, but maybe in the age of all this television, maybe it's something that can cut through and and, and be experimental and... and, and uh, you know, hopefully, it's um, a breath of fresh air. You know, my my ultimate goal for this show is not to have everybody fall in love with every episode; It's to have people come in and and like Tinder swipe left or swipe right here and there and find the ones they like, and that's cool. You
1: know, I mean, maybe a better analogy is something like Black Mirror. I mean, again, not like to compare this to things, but it's just something that you come in and come out, and there are episodes that appeal to you. But it's nice to see you guys zigging when you are also zagging. When you're seeing people spend like hundred millions of dollars on a show,
0: yeah, we're not gonna do that. This will not be the next Game of Thrones, and that's okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Last question. Whose idea was the time slot? Was something that's something you'd always conceived of from the beginning that it was going to air late at night?
0: Yeah, we like it as a late-night show. Um, It happened organically because Animals, our other show, plays in that time slot. And what we really like about Friday Night from an HBO perspective is just like it's kind of like um, it's not the most pressureful night in the world. Like, you know, Togetherness was a Sunday night show. You know, unless you perform up to those Sunday night standards... It's an expensive show and you gotta go. Our thing is like keep it keep it cheap, keep it loose. Maybe people watch it on HBO Go and HBO Now or maybe we'll catch up later and and you know, to a certain degree the energy of this being a Friday night show dovetails a little bit with the, the great
1: Perfect. Well it was such a pleasure talking with you guys. Best of luck. Thank yeah, you so much. Thanks for listening to today's show. We'll be back next time with another great episode. We'll be talking to Carrie Coon, star of The Leftovers and Fargo. See you next time.
0: With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.